Greetings. This is Bible Time with Jane, and I am Jane, your host. We're continuing our series in the book of Acts, and today we will look at Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. With this chapter, there is the beginning of a shift in the focus of our attention. Up until this point, the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ has primarily been with the apostles and the Jews. Beginning with Philip, the gospel had begun to go out to others outside of the nation of Israel, but still to those who were of Jewish origins. But now we are introduced to a man named Saul, who will one day be known as the Apostle Paul, who will be the one to take the gospel message to the Gentiles. He will travel throughout the Roman Empire for the rest of his life with this transforming message of good news. And he is known in the church today as the greatest evangelist who has ever lived. If you remember, we were briefly introduced to Saul in chapter 7 when another great servant of Christ was preaching the gospel to all those who would listen. He was eventually arrested and martyred for his faith, and Saul was standing there along with the others, watching as he died. At that time in his life, being a very strict Pharisee, he was in full agreement with the stoning of Stephen. And from that day on, he became very passionate about getting rid of every follower of Jesus Christ. He was very aggressive in this pursuit, as we will read. Before we approach our passage for today, I would like to read to you Paul's own description of who he was in those days. Let me first read to you from his testimony to the people in Jerusalem at the time of his arrest later in his life. This is found in Acts chapter 22, beginning with verse 3. Paul said this, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, as all of you are this day. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women, as the high priest and the whole council of elders can bear me witness. From them, I received letters to the brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those also who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. Later, when he was giving his defense to King Agrippa, this is how Paul described himself before he knew Jesus. My manner of life from my youth spent from the beginning among my own nation and in Jerusalem is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise made by God to our fathers, to which our twelve tribes hope to attain, as they earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope I am accused by Jews, O king. 
Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme and in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. Well, as you can tell, Saul was very passionate about this role that he had chosen, persecutor of the church. This was something that he never forgot. No matter how much his life would change in the years to come. In fact, later in his ministry years, he would write this to the church in Corinth. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is in me. But Jesus revealed himself to this man, and by the grace of God, this encounter changed his life forever. Let us turn now to our scripture to read about this amazing event in the life of Saul. Acts chapter 9 beginning with verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he were found, if he found any who were on the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And there he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. The journey from Jerusalem to Damascus was about a 150-mile journey, and a, a journey that would take about a week of hard travel. But why did he journey to Damascus, which is in Syria? Once again, let us refresh our memory about what took place following the death of Stephen. 
In Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, we read this. And Saul approved of his execution, and there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him, but Saul was ravaging the church, and entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. This scattering of Christians outside of Jerusalem was used by God to send the gospel message into the world. Some of the Jerusalem believers traveled to Damascus, which was a key commercial city. It actually had a larger Jewish population, and there are about 30 to 40 Jewish synagogues in the city. Because Jewish believers in Jesus still identified themselves with the Jewish synagogue, it would be a logical city to run to in those dangerous times. It wouldn't be until later that the Jewish Christians would break with the synagogues. Saul and all those who hated the followers of Jesus knew that Damascus would have been a natural place for them to run to. That is why Saul was able to get the necessary documents to make this costly journey to arrest and bring back to Jerusalem the apostate Jews. However, as he was approaching Damascus, Jesus revealed himself to Saul. And this man was never the same again. Verse 3 tells us that there was a bright light from heaven that was so bright that it knocked Saul to the ground. This light was so bright that it blinded Saul. And how very symbolic that is. Because he was also spiritually blind. Blind to the truth about who Jesus is. Saul was immediately humbled, on his knees, in the dirt, and blind. Then he heard a voice speaking words that only he could hear. Although his traveling companions saw the light and heard a voice, they could not discern what he was saying. The message was for Saul alone. Jesus was personally confronting Saul with what he had been doing. And Jesus was taking it personally. His question to Saul was this, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And when Saul asked, who are you, Lord? Jesus answered, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. This interaction teaches us so much. First, it tells us that Jesus was completely aware of what Saul had been doing. Nothing is ever hidden from God's sight. Eh, that means that everything you and I do and say is also not hidden from his sight. This is for good, and it's also for the things we are ashamed of. When we serve Jesus, 
He knows and is aware. And as he said in Matthew chapter 10, verses 26 through 27, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. I also believe that Saul was persecuting the Christians out of his zeal for God, and in his mind, these Christ followers were blaspheming God in their worship of Jesus. Therefore, Saul's sin was a sin of ignorance, and that is one reason why the grace of God reached out to him. The next thing this question tells us is that when you persecute a Christian, who you are literally persecuting is Jesus. Do you remember what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 25 when he talked about the end of the age when he will separate the sheep from the goats? Let me read to you just a portion of that teaching beginning with verse 35. Jesus said, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did you we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. And then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them, saying, Truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. You know, Anyone who persecutes believers today is also guilty of persecuting Jesus because believers are the body of Christ on earth. And this is a powerful statement about the union that exists between Christ and his church. Well, continuing with our passage, when Jesus revealed himself to Saul, he suddenly knew that Jesus was alive and his claims were true. And in that moment, Saul was convinced to the core of his being and his life was forever transformed. Immediately, he became a follower of Jesus Christ. The question that Saul asked next reveals his heart transformation. He asked, Lord, what do you want me to do? Saul was fully yielded to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. 
and he was willing to walk away from everything and do whatever Jesus would ask him to do. He held nothing back. His all was on the altar. Let me ask you this. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Is he the Lord of your life? Are you fully yielded to him? Have you ever asked him, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then, have you prayerfully waited for his response, his guidance in your life? Perhaps you've been a Christian for many years, serving him with joy, and you know, it's still appropriate just to check in with him and ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now Jesus answered Paul's question with this command, Arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. This was a simple command. But it also tells us that Jesus' answer would be twofold. He was to complete his journey to, to Damascus and then he was to wait until the rest of the answer came. That means that when God answers your prayer, sometimes the complete answer will be immediate. And sometimes it means that the answer may come one step at a time. This will train us to trust and obey. It is a testing of our faith and a testing of our willingness to obey when we don't understand. We simply trust Jesus with each step and wait for his continued guidance through Scripture. The leading of the Holy Spirit and confirmation from fellow Christians. Immediately Saul obeyed. He got up, continued this journey. But now he was a blind man and he needed the help of others to guide him to where he will spend the next three days fasting and praying in humble submission before his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dr. John Stott makes the following observation. He who had ex expected to enter Damascus in the fullness of his pride and prowess as a self-confident opponent of Christ was actually led into it humbled and blinded, a captive of the very Christ he had opposed. There could be no misunderstanding what had happened. The risen Lord had appeared to Saul. It was not a subjective vision or dream. It was an objective appearance of the resurrected and now glorified Jesus Christ. The light he saw was the glory of Christ. And the voice he heard was the voice of Christ. He never mentioned his conversion without making this clear. It pleased God, he wrote, to reveal his son in me. God took the initiative according to his own will and pleasure. Thus, God's grace arrested him, shone into his heart, and swept over him like a flood. In the years to come, Paul would refer to this encounter he had on the road to Damascus as the start of his new life in Christ. We read his testimony in Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 through 16, where he writes, But when he who had set me apart before I was born 
and who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his Son to me, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Also in 1 Corinthians 9.1, Paul, in speaking for his own defense, the authority he had to preach and teach, said this, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not my workmanship in the Lord? And finally, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul makes his defense of the gospel and once again affirms that Jesus revealed himself to Paul and called him to preach the gospel of Jesus into all the world. Listen now to his powerful testimony and challenge to us who've also heard and responded to the gospel message of Jesus. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach. And so you believed. This is the same message that I, by God's grace, me, Jane, have also brought to you. That Jesus came to earth and lived among us. That he died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the dead on the third day for our justification. He has now ascended on high and is seated at the right hand of God Almighty. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave his only begotten Son, that Whosoever will believe in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Do you believe this? Have you received this life-changing gift from God? The Bible says that whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Will you call out to him today? You know, 
The Bible also says this, that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That is the promise of God. Call out to him today. Confess your sin and he will forgive. Remember, there is no sin so great that God's love and mercy and grace is not greater still. You might want to say to me, but Jane, you don't know what terrible things I've said and done. I'm not worthy to even talk to him. And I would say to you that before Jesus forgave me, I too had sinned greatly. And I was so ashamed and discouraged and broken by my sin. But then I cried out to Jesus and he heard my prayer and he forgave my sin, all of my sin. And in that moment, I knew that I was clean and forgiven and loved. And an incredible joy filled my heart. I can testify to you the truth of the promise that if we confess our sins, he will forgive. Jesus is able to forgive. Jesus is willing to forgive. All you have to do is ask. Trust him. He loves you. He's waiting. Just ask him today. Don't wait until tomorrow or maybe sometime later. Do it now, right now. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. And working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For it says, in a favorable time, I listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Call out to him now. Ask him to forgive you now. Ask him to be your savior and the Lord of your life. I implore you, do it now. Heavenly Father, your love is amazing. Your grace is amazing. Your mercy is amazing and truly wonderful. We see this violent man, Saul, who persecuted the church, who was responsible for the murder of we don't know how many believers in Jesus Christ in those early days of Christianity. 
but you knew his heart and you chose him to be your faithful servant. And Jesus spoke to him at just the right moment on that road to Damascus and forgave his sin and transformed his life and raised him up to be your servant, your faithful servant for the rest of his life. And we are we have benefited from his life and his ministry. Thank you, O oh God, for the salvation of that man. Thank you, O oh God, for our own salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We want to be faithful like Saul was faithful, whether it be for a great task or very small task. Whatever it is that you've asked us to do, I pray. May we be found faithful, your faithful servant, your beloved children. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, until next time, my friend, let me say in the words of Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 16, 23, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. God bless you, my friend. <music>